the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Interesting day yesterday on the market. What do I mean by that? It's a broad market rally. And... Apple went down for another day in a row. I think that's five, maybe six. I like days like that. When it feels like your 401k, the most popular way to save for retirement, is fueling up. The NASDAQ was up six tenths of a percent. The S&P 500 up nine tenths of a percent. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 1.1%. Ten-year Treasury still sits at that 4.06%. Did an interview with a market expert yesterday, Adam Phillips at EP Wealth. You can check it out later today at YouTube TV. Not YouTube TV, but YouTube. My channel is Rob Black Show. It's Rob Black Show. And uh, it's a good 20 minutes. And for a good five minutes, we talk about the 10-year Treasury. And what's interesting is, um, he's got the accreditations and certifications. And I got to ask him questions that I, I want answers to. For you, the investor who's trying to get to retirement. Um, a lot of stories about robots recently and AI in the combination. Recycling trash, paper, aluminum, glass, Paper, uh, glass that has food spoilage inside of it. We're starting to see that robots can do it a lot better than humans can. And robots with AI can do it way better than just robots. Pretty cool stuff. Um, I don't have a robot investment, I don't think. But it's worthy to talk about. Tesla CFO, Zach Kirkham. Unexpectedly resigned after working with Elon Musk, the electric vehicle maker, for 13 years. I have to imagine working with Elon Musk for 13 years is like working at a company for 50 years. He cannot be easy. Kirk Horn, who plans to stay with the company until the end of the year to ensure a smooth transition, has been replaced by Tesla's chief accounting officer. Little unexpected. Wall Street doesn't like that. Who's the new accounting exec going to be? Is he going to be seasoned? Is he going to be flipped out? Is he even waiting for this opportunity their whole life? Are they going to be conservative? Are they going to be aggressive with markdowns? That's always a question. Paramount is selling off Simon & Schuster. Wow. Some of these big media companies... Think Disney, think Paramount. Have some awful assets. 
a federal judge kiboshed a plan to sell Simon & Schuster to pay one random house for $2.2 billion on antitrust grounds, ruling the deal would financially harm authors after a trial in which Stephen King testified. Rather than appeal, Paramount decided to search for a new buyer and receive a $200 million fee from Random House since the deal failed to go through. Hmm. More than 11,000 workers plan to walk off the job this morning in L.A. Sanitation airport workers are fed up with lack of resources unfilled. Vacancies will be amongst those participating. A lot of people striking. It's the summer of the strike or the strike of the summer. 170,000 Hollywood actors, 12,500 screenwriters. Thousands of local hotel workers staging rolling strikes. The hotel workers tried to get Taylor Swift to postpone her L.A. tour dates. All very interesting. Have's the have nots, the. Laborers versus laborers or the owners. Um, it's a bit of a summer of a strike, isn't it? 800-516-1220. Get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Um, the company behind Mr. Beast Burgers that the YouTube star deemed inedible and sued over now is fired back with its own $100 million lawsuit. This is the one potential money giveaway Mr. Beast definitely doesn't want to be part of. Mr. Beast is a wildly popular YouTuber who I believe could run for president and win because his millions and millions and millions of followers love what he does. So there's a lawsuit going back and forth. A ghost kitchen company's claims Mr. Beast flaked on its publicity obligations and the damaged reputation, relationships with suppliers and vendors by griping about the burgers and his deal with the company to his millions of followers. I watched White Men Can't Jump, a remake that has Jack Harlow. And he wasn't bad as an actor. But you could see that he was put there because he's got millions and millions of followers on Instagram and YouTube. And I watch it with my kids, just so you know. <laughs> Don't be thinking it's my kind of movie. He was likable. People like Jack Harlow and Mr. Beast, they've, they're the future of a lot of consumer products. The days of Hershey saying, we've been tinkering in our kitchen and we've come up with a new Hershey Almond Kiss. <laughs> They're over. Mr. Beast uh, sells a candy bar, kind of like a chocolate bar, that has fewer ingredients than Hershey. And my kids, they swear to 7-Eleven, they're like, we have to have this, Dad. We have to try this. We hear it's so good. So Hershey can do all the cute little commercials of the Hershey Kisses dancing at the Super Bowl. And it's going to be the Mr. Beast that went in the long term as far as pushing product goes. Just throwing that down there for you. Don't know if you're picking up what I'm putting down, but it, it's all I got for you today. Let's move forward. Um, China reported some weak trade data for July that featured a 14.5% year-over-year decline in exports and a 12.4% year-over-year decline in imports. 
That's a big economy struggling. UPS disappointed with its 2023 revenue outlook. Citing weak e-commerce demand and expectation for lower volumes following the improved labor contract. UPS is down about 4%. What they said was weak 2023 revenue outlook. And ladies and gentlemen, that tells you the economy is slowing. Weakening e-commerce demand, economy slowing. Moody's downgraded the credit ratings for 10 small U.S. banks and put some bigger banks on watch for downgrade. That's hurting the overall market today. You don't want your banks downgraded. Um, as part of the SP 500, you don't want it. One. Why? Good question. Um, they need to lend money. They're in the business of lending money. And when Moody says, you know, who downgrade, citing concerns about interest rates, asset liability management risk. Another sign that the economy has some weakness coming. Two-year Treasury yield is down three basis points to 4.7%. The 10-year Treasury is down 10 basis points to under 4%, 3.98. One Philadelphia Fed President Harker, he's a voter. He said, I think we're done with raising interest rates. Markets aren't responding to that news today. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Big event coming up at the end of August in Los Gatos, you can sign up for the event at robblackshow.com. Think you're in good shape for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the seven tests of retirement readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burden of EP Wealth Advisors, Thursday, August 24th in Los Gatos. They'll walk you through these seven tests to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary, and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least $500,000 in investable assets and want to retire better, pass on your estate, and minimize taxes, this event is for you. Find out if you're on the right track with the seven tests of retirement readiness, Thursday, August 24th, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Los Gatos Toll House Hotel. Space is limited, so sign up today at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Can you pass all seven tests? Sign up today online at robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Ramping up for one of my final two events of the year. The seven readiness test for retirement. Los Gatos, Toll House Hotel. It'll be a nice event. Um, I'll talk economy and markets. That's coming up in three Thursdays or coming up down the road is the right way of saying it on the 24th. One of the things that really became apparent to me, and I don't know if it's clear to you because I don't know you, is investing and saving for retirement. It meant one thing until I had kids and then it took on a different life after children. I want to do well by them. I want them to live more fuller lives when they're young than I did. I want them to grow and age peacefully and not stress about money. 
work-life balance is a very popular topic amongst entrepreneurs and employees. It's basically making sure your work doesn't completely overtake your life and prevent you from pursuing your passions. I didn't get married until my mid-30s, and then the first person I got married to was a mistake. Second person was pretty top-notch. Some people live their entire lives revolve around amassing money. I didn't do that. My goal was to not work for someone else and be put in a position of not being able to provide for a spouse or children. I've never done this for me. People strive to earn the income that allow them to live the life that they want. Although they may not know what that even means. A reporter at Cron just posted that he went to Mexico for the first time ever after saving and cutting back on spending. That was a little bit of a shocker to me. Like, I would have thought he'd made it to Mexico living in Northern California for 20 plus years. He had a great time. He said it was hot. I'm like, why are you going to uh, Mexico in August? That's not exactly the, the time to go. I always on this show try to think, get you to think about happiness. Figure out what you want your retirement to look like. Figure out what you want your life to look like. I want you to be passive when you invest. I know a individual who is pretty wealthy, like 10 million wealthy. And he's still doing things the same way he did 20 years ago. And he needs to evolve but he won't take the hint. I think he needs to work with a financial planner so that he can start living his life and not keeping really complicated Excel spreadsheets. As I've created wealth, I've started turning it over so that I don't have to be tied to the desk or thinking about what if. It's my favorite saying goes, not my favorite saying. Saying of mine goes, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, so what a party would have. For me, investing encourages long-term planning. And I like that. Most financially conscious people appreciate the guidance and security of a household budget that enables them to track expenses. As useful as some budgets are, they're most effective for controlling recurring and short-term spending. There's an app that you can use and it's free for the first month. And then it's, you set the price and you could go as low as three bucks a month. Rocket money does a really nice job of scanning your online accounts and telling you what's recurring and how much are you really paying for cable? And do you want us to negotiate that cable price lower for you? That's where they make their big money. They get a cut of anything they negotiate for you. They'll cancel your subscriptions. That's where I find short-term budgeting to be the most helpful. Um, I don't like budgeting short-term to think, oh, I could free up an extra $166 a month for investing. I like seeing like, whoa, am I really paying for two Netflixes? Calculate how long it takes for contributions to double by the rule of 72. The benefits are staggering. A 21-year-old who puts $3,000 into a Roth IRA who earns 7% will 
will have $42,000 by age 60. A 31-year-old who does the same thing will only have 21000 That's staggering. I want you to start young. I want you to get market performance. That's why I said 7%. I don't want you to, to aim for much higher or much lower. I like financial planning and investing because it, it helps me secure my timelines. I bought a home. I have children. I reasonably want the home easily manageable. Like if I lose a job, I'm not going to lose the house. One of the very first things I learned as a financial person was when I was dating the lovely and talented Juliet out of college. And she was lovely and talented. And we both started businesses at the same time and we grew apart. But before we did, her father, I want to say his name was Walt, but that's probably not right. Said to me, uh, you know, Rob, you're going to have debt your whole life. Get used to it. Don't think like, oh, I'm 22 years old. I'm going to pay off my house by the time I'm 31. It was pretty helpful advice. Because it, it gave me that that idea of, you know, I don't have to conquer the world early. And I think he was just talking mortgage debt. I don't think he was talking credit card debt or anything like that. It's an interesting note that one of Juliet's friends, though, she uh, she went bankrupt twice while we were dating over five years. And I'm just like, and people gave her a credit card again. And her goal was, was to usually never to pay that stuff off, run it up, make a couple payments and keep the clothes and go bankrupt. That's not good financial advice in my book. Um, I'm really starting to, I don't want to say get concerned with where I'm going to retire to, but one. it's hot on this, this planet right now. It's hot in this country. And the one thing, oh, uh, white Caucasian, Scottish, English blooded French, um, I'm on the whiter side of white. Like I'm on Casper level. I don't do well in the sun anymore. Without wearing a swim shirt and a big straw hat. I'm that guy. Walking with like water or walking with iced tea, like that's, I'm that guy. I always want you to keep your eye on the prize. I want you to have a better life and I want you to leave something behind for your children so they can have a better life. I want you to be a great grandparent so that you can see how great it is to have kids because when you were doing it the first time, you were stressed out of your mind. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Don't want to work forever? Check out the retirement planning guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Let's hit two weird topics that you didn't think would tie together in this segment. Majority of parents spend 20% or more of their household income on child care. It's expensive to have children. 79% of families anticipate spending more than $9,600 per child this year. On average, families spend 27% of their household income on child care, which for 59% of parents surveyed means shelling out $18,000 a year per child. I feel like in California, that number is low. For perspective... The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services considers 7% of income to be affordable for health care, for child care. 
So our government says we should be spending 7% on taking care of our children. The reality is some families spend 27%. And when I say some, we're talking about 60% of families. During the pandemic, a lot of daycare companies, daycare centers shut down. The ones that were left open have limited slots. Some child care centers ask for a non-refundable waitlist fee, which can be around $75, as well as the new child fee upon enrollment. That can range between 100 and 600. The new child fee is usually used to fund teachers' education, books, and materials for classes. People are on waitlist for daycares way longer than that. So what do families do? They look to their friends and other family members to help. They start building emergency savings early. Childcare is just one of the many expenses that come up when you have a family, so it's important to think about having cash reserves. You should try to eliminate high-rate debt. Nothing drags down your ability to save money than paying high interest on credit cards. 22%, I think, is the new average. Um, That's way too high. Um, I'm not telling Biden what he should do, but if I were the president whisperer for either Trump, Biden, or whoever, I'd say, credit card debt. It's too expensive. Do something about it. The average monthly car payment is $733. You got to pay for your car before you can pay for your baby, right? So you can get to and fro work. So that's a problem in the United States. And I'll be honest with you. Anytime Republicans or Democrats talk about increasing child care. I'm pro. I think it's one of the best ways we can spend government money on. Um, It allows the parent to go to work and pay taxes and allows the child to be protected and safe. And I think that's a good thing versus the one parent staying at home to raise their own child. I'm pro family spending money on government money on child care. The studies have shown it to be a very wise investment. So I watched the founder. Do you remember the founder? This is the second story that loosely ties into the first one in a weird way. The founder was all about Ray Kroc, um, the McDonald's guy. At one point, he ambled in the movie up to the counter and he ordered his first hamburger. And he asked the cashier, where do I eat it? And the employee says, in your car, at a park. Uh, at home, wherever you want. So the Wall Street Journal did an interesting piece on fast food this week. And people are eating fast food essentially anywhere except for the restaurants. I can attest to that. On that rare occasion of a road trip where the kids want a burger, It's in the car. It's I never say, okay, let's stop and sit in the restaurant and eat there. 
I don't know if I have a phobia of fast food restaurants, but I definitely don't see them as like, you know, overly clean. Now, due to the popularity of delivery apps surging surging during the pandemic, more and more people are not dining in. Dining customers represent less than 10% of visits at U.S. McDonald's and 14% across all U.S. fast food restaurants. McDonald's and Burger King have shifted towards the to-go and drive-through services, but they're not giving up on a facelift for many of the outlets. That's um, every now and then. Dad, can you pull over? I need to use the bathroom. And that's one area where I don't care if there's like vomit on the walls in a McDonald's. And I'm like, I'll send my kids into a McDonald's like, you go pee in there. So this time I snuck in myself because I didn't, you know, I was like, ah, you got to get pee before we leave next time, Junior. But this time I had to pee too, so I snuck in. And um, I was pleasantly surprised with how clean the restaurant was. But did you know that McDonald's franchisees have to upgrade their restaurants every 10 years? That's I didn't know that. To help franchisees outfit their locations with attractive seating and digital kiosks that operate like a pseudo table service portal. Out with the burger seats and more like the modern feng shui of an Apple store. Franchise owners often end up covering a lot of the bill. Um, for McDonald's to renovate their dining room, their front counters, and their bathroom every decade, it can cost easily $750,000. That's not something you're thinking about as someone who's like ordering a Big Mac, is it? That the owner of this place is going to have to do some upkeep, and he's paying for it. I just want my Big Mac for a dollar. Or I want the dollar menu stuff, right? So you do hear about uh, McDonald's on a regular basis, like moaning and groaning that the company is making them do like a, a breakfast all day, or they're moaning and groaning about they're getting rid of their their bakery now. Um, so they made these really gross cinnamon rolls that were just all sugar, which I guess is the point of a cinnamon roll, right? Put some bread, you put some cinnamon, and you put a lot of melted sugar on it. But McDonald's renovations aren't the one-size-fits-all, and corporate headquarters will work with owners with bold ideas. There's one location in Wisconsin that was featured in Architectural Digest as one of the 13 most beautiful McDonald's in the world. It looks less like a quick burger stop and more like a log cabin stocked with wood carvings, deer antlers, and large arcade. Kind of cool when every now and then you could integrate a bold new idea into a McDonald's. And if you go to McDonald's in Paris or Budapest or Portugal, you'll see a lot of cool architectural decisions. It's just it's an interesting concept to talk this long about because I don't think we as a society think things through and go, oh, I didn't know they had a deal that they had to update everything every 10 years. Oh, and I didn't know remodeling was going to cost $750,000 so that people can go in the restrooms and literally poop on their walls at times, right? Um, I feel bad for franchisees. That's my final thought on this segment, I think. Um, 
I get asked ask a lot of times, what do you think about opening a Subway franchise? What do you think about opening a, a Togo's or whatever the hot franchise is at the moment? And I go, how do you feel about hiring teenagers? And people start right there, start thinking about, okay, so it's not going to be all about customers standing in line wanting the product. It's going to be about hiring the people inside to uh, work and not steal from you and to get them motivated for $10 an hour, $15 an hour, $20 an hour to go clean the bathrooms. I, I don't typically recommend people become franchisees. And I, if, when I do, I say, go into a subway or go into whatever franchise you want to buy. Consider offering the manager a free dinner at any restaurant of his choice and take them to dinner and, and ask them about their experiences. If you're going to invest a million dollars into a franchise and you expect to take care of you for life, you got to know you're not retiring in Hawaii and making money off your subway stores in the U.S., you're managing it. Um, or you're going to pay someone sixty, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 a year to manage it for you. That's a big cost. That's a big cost. The, the lower cost is the, you know, the teenage kid who's willing to work for just slightly above minimum wage. But then you're also working with a teenage kid who doesn't want to show up for work on Friday because he got high at school on Thursday and couldn't feel his fingers and doesn't know how to drive today. I, I I caution. I don't know any. Okay, not totally true. Um, I knew a lot of Domino's pizza franchisees back in the eighties and nineties when I was in high school and getting into college, and they did really really well. But they also saw their business lose a lot of value. They would pay you know a million plus dollars for a franchise. And then a Papa John's or a Pizza Hut delivery would go in right next to them and take their value down. They would compete for labor together against each other. I've never really met a franchisee who's wildly happy after the first five years. It's a lot of work. Running at McDonald's and keeping it clean, a lot of work. Being able to pay your children, being able to pay someone to take care of your children, it's a big part of your budget. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. So one way to deal with the writer's strike in Hollywood, I saw that CBS is going to announce another season of Survivor this year, right? Survivor is a reality TV show. Technically, they don't have writers um, and they don't have actors. So you're going to see a lot more game shows. But you know what's interesting about Survivor this season? Every episode will be 90 minutes. They're expanding it to eat up time and to give advertisers what they want, eyeballs. I did not see that one coming, but I think it's a pretty smart way to play. Beyond Meat is in the news today. Stock is sliding more than 15% after the company reported weak sales and cut their forecast. Um... My problem with Beyond Meat is it's it's it doesn't look how, when you compare it for the health benefits of eating animal it's it's terribly terribly processed like heavily 
Stock's up 5% this year, given a market cap of about $830 million. Um, there's a bar restaurant close to me called The Hub, where the owner, like, he does his own chicken patties with brown meat. It's great stuff. And he sells the Beyond Meat, but he also sells his own vegetarian patty. And it's with Quinto beans, and it's all handmade. And his is way better than the Beyond Meat. How is that possible? Um, you got a big company that has big resources and beyond me, just it's struggling right now. It's interest from the U S consumers has waned. It's sales have declined beyond has turned its attention to cutting costs and becoming a profitable company at this point in time and not necessarily innovating the faux meat world. Beyond has to fight consumer perceptions that its products aren't healthy. Companies blame special interest groups for seeding fear and doubt about their ingredients and manufacturing process. I don't know if any of that's true. I just know that it it's, doesn't taste quite right when you're using it uh, on a one versus one or an apples versus apples angle. I had no problem feeding my kids uh, Beyond Meat in like a spaghetti sauce. Um, but it was $9.99 a pound when you can get hamburger for $6.99 a pound. That, that was a tough decision. And it was salty as heck. Um, so I didn't much care for it, but it could have made its way into my life. It didn't make its way into my life. And I'm one of the problems with Beyond Meat. Elsewhere in the world of news to wrap up today, PayPal stablecoin is the first dollar-backed digital currency from a major U.S. financial institution. PayPal launched a U.S. dollar-backed stablecoin to help facilitate payments as its latest addition to its suite of crypto services. The new asset called PayPal uh, USD, i.e. US dollar, was designed to address the emerging potential to transform payments in Web3 and digitally native environments. While a lot of participants in this area are waiting um, a vote on in Congress to ultimately figure out what coins are going to be able to succeed and, and not. The PayPal stablecoin is issued by Paxos, a veteran of the stablecoin space, and PayPal's a brokerage partner for its crypto buying and selling services. So it's dollar pegged. It should never, ever break the dollar. Um, stablecoins are cryptocurrencies whose prices are pegged to an underlying asset, although they're designed to be less volatile than the most virtual currencies. They are not immune from this year's regulatory crackdown and banking crisis. I just, is there a story there? If you take a look at PayPal stock, it's telling you, not really. Um, the stock's not getting excited by it. The stock's not showing a strong following. It's not getting strong buys. Ron DeSantis just replaced his campaign manager. I only throw that up there because um, this time next year, we're going to be talking a lot of politics on this show. Don't know if that's going to sit well with you or not. And it's not going to be politics. It's going to be... What happens if a Republican gets elected? What happens if a Democrat gets elected? So PayPal announces a stablecoin and the stock's down today. That tells you what Wall Street thinks of digital currencies. That's a headline that two years ago would have moved PayPal stock. Uh, PayPal is an awful, awful investment this year in a stock market that's glorious. So taking a look since last August, let's do year to date. Year to date, it's gone from 80 bucks a share to 62, and a NASDAQ that's up 32, 
that's not good. That's telling you Wall Street's not digging the cryptocurrencies or fintech. Not at all. It's like we're not buying what you're selling. All major markets are lower today. The S&P 500, the Dow, the NASDAQ, the Russell 2000. All because of a big downgrade. Moody's downgraded the credit ratings for 10 small and mid-U.S. banks, uh, mid-sized U.S. banks. And changed its outlook negative for 11 additional banks. China's trade data was weak. UPS was disappointing with its fiscal 2023 revenue outlook. Basically saying e-commerce demand is waning or slowing. I don't want to say waning because that's a a very different word than slowing. Um, Put in pressure on the U.S. economy in the back half of the year. I'm not saying UPS doesn't tell any lies. They move a lot of packages. Trying to think about my life. I seem to get more packages than I I should. And I'm going to blame the spouse. Um, if you're picking up what's going down. Anyhow, 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. You know what I'm going to try to figure out this week is what the frickin' frack is going to happen with the Pac-12. There's four teams left in it. Um, it, It's, I grew up watching college football on Saturdays and just to be at a perfect day, you know, mow the yard like at nine in the morning and watch college football for the rest of the day. The 108-year-old Pac-12 is teetering on the verge of collapse with four schools left in it. Washington State, Oregon State, Stanford, um, and I guess Cal. And it's all about big money. And I find that to be a little upsetting. More on this in the future. Big event coming up August 24th in Los Gatos, the Toll House Hotel. All about the seven readiness test for retirement. You can sign up at Rob Black's show. Think you're in good shape for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the seven tests of retirement readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors Thursday, August 24th in Los Gatos. They'll walk you through these seven tests to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary, and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least $500,000 in investable assets and want to retire better, pass on your estate, and minimize taxes, this event is for you. Find out if you're on the right track with the seven tests of retirement readiness. Thursday, August 24th, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Los Gatos Toll House Hotel. Space is limited, so sign up today at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Can you pass all seven tests? Sign up today online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.